There we go. Hi. Welcome to Falling Up Radio. My name is Michael Harris. We are a show that brains get guests that can... <laughs> I don't even care if I screw up. It doesn't matter. Because our guest is so remarkable today. He's going to tell a story from going from nothing... Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, we're here to help others find their dreams and their vision and really live it to be able to help themselves and to help other people. My name is Michael Harris. I'm, I'm the author of the number one best-selling book, Falling Down, Getting Up. If you want a copy of the book, it's pretty easy. Go to fallingdowngettingup.com and you get a free copy of the book. But let's forget about my book. I was talking to our guest before the show, and he's been making notes for his own book, his own Falling Down, Getting Up journey. Let me tell you just a little bit about him, and then I want him to hop in to tell us his story. So here's a father of four, and, you know, quite frankly, he found himself in a, in a what, what I call a humiliated position. We'll let him tell you in his words. He found himself recently this last year living in the basement of, of a family's uh, members, uh, basement apartment of family members' house with him and his wife broke. The government said he couldn't take care of himself. He was put on food stamps and Medicaid, didn't know what to do. This is a proud dude. I mean, he was a star basketball player at Southern Utah University, was very well known, was, you know, grew in the ranks of the corporate America and financial services. And for whatever reason, and I'm not really sure why, lost it all and found himself in, in this apartment. So, that's all I'm going to say now because I, I'm talking way too much and, and I want to bring our guest in. You know, he done messed up, but, uh, you know, things are different today. So Nick Fitzgerald is our guest. Nick, jump in. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thanks for that intro. It's good yeah. to be here. <laughs> I, I, I hope I got everything accurate there. You know, I, yeah. I checked you out a little bit online and, and we met earlier this year at, at a business event, and um, here we are now. So yeah. tell us, I, I want to start not at the top. I want to start with, you know, maybe last March, things changed, or February, earlier this year, and you were in this basement apartment. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> we're, we're in this basement apartment, and, and it was, it's, We've actually been here for for five years. My story goes goes farther back um, with the financial services stuff. Um, so I'll go back. I'll take a couple steps back, and then we'll come back, jump back up to February, March. But so I was a partner in a in a partnership with financial services, and we were doing amazing stuff. And we had had to leave our previous house because it was literally falling apart. It was not built on solid ground and our neighbors, it was a townhouse and their unit was sinking down and it was pulling our shared walls away with it. It was just this big mess. So we went through two years of trying to figure that out and we ended up having to walk away from the home. And so we came here um, at, with the plan of being here for 12 months and then moving on to get our own house again and, and go because things were going very well as a financial advisor. So we moved in and then two of my partners who were a father and son decided they wanted to go on on their own and so I had to reboot and restart my financial practice after being in it for three years and it was, I didn't know how to do it and I was doing it all on my own 
and it was rough. I went through that whole year and all of the savings that we had put, put away um, to go towards our house and things like that um, were spent to pay our bills and, and take, take care of the family and stuff. And I struggled that whole year. I made $15,000 on paper um, as a financial advisor. I had $100 paychecks. And to go from having very large paychecks to that in the course of 12 months was very, it was a, a big change and it was hard to go through. And so um, it was coming to the end of the year of 2014. And I was, uh, I knew I wasn't going to hit my sales quotas and things like that with the company. And I was going to be fired because I wasn't going to hit those. So I was like, okay, I was looking and interviewing with other firms, but just didn't feel right. And um, so I, it, it came and the letter came that I was being fired. And my last day was going to be such and such a day. I can't even remember which day it was. Sure. But um, 2015 came and I had this decision. It was, and I'm just like, what am I going to do? And I had worked in corporate America. I'd worked in different jobs, kind of just chasing paychecks and trying to find fulfillment. I learned that I was not programmed to sit in a cubicle farm and to yeah. answer phones. And, you know, and you were a suit and tie guy, right? Yeah, I, I wore a shirt and tie and suit and tie every day. And I, I like getting dressed up, but not every day at that level, right? Yeah. And so I started to think, what do I really want to do? And I'm a creative and I have always... Um, wanted to be able to do stuff with my creative abilities, but I didn't think that you actually could make money doing it. But um, at this point I had lost, we had lost everything. You're like our worst case scenario is that we stay in the basement and don't have any money, <laughs> you know? So I was like, I have loved playing with cameras and making videos. So I'm just going to jump in and see what I can make of it. Yeah. So I started uh, making videos for some local, local businesses you know, charging like $250 for a video and being super scared to ask for that much money. So these were like marketing type videos, business videos, like yeah, short. kind of like about, about us kind of things where they would yeah. tell a little bit of like their, why they're in business, who they help, that kind of yeah. thing. And <clears throat> so I was doing that and I was, it was fun, but I wasn't making very much money. But then I, I was able to get a position as a freelance photojournalist for the NBC affiliate here in Salt Lake City. Wow. And I shot news almost full time that whole summer, um, shooting, you know, like everything from crime scenes to car accidents to those feel good stories to, to all sorts of different types of stories in a fast paced environment. Um, and it was fun, but it was stressful and I didn't make great money. And I have, like we said, I have four kids and you know, that does not come at a low uh, expense to, to feed a family of six, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, so let me, let me ask you. So this basement apartment, it's your wife and your four kids. Yeah. Yep. Well, one of them's coming right behind you right now. Yeah. Oh, there's, that's William. Yeah, hi, William. You want to come say hi really quick? <laughs> we got to love working, working from home, right? So yeah. yeah, we have, this is my, oh, yeah. William. he's, he's four years old. Hi. You want to say hi? You want to say it with your voice? Hi, dude. Say hi. Say hi, Michael. Hi. Hi. <laughs> say hi to all the radio guests too. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Well, welcome. I hear you're moving pretty soon. Are we going to move? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, dude. <laughs> Go, okay. go, go, go watch. So, so tell us more. We okay. want to know more, Nick. <laughs> so um, the, you got to love live, live streaming, right? Um, 
it's, it's one of those things that um so I, I started doing the new stuff and I was doing all of the shooting, all of the editing, all of the lighting and the sound and everything all by myself on these stories and working really fast. And that got me curious to wonder what it's like to work on like film crews on sets when there are, there's an art department and there's the grips and the electrics and the camera department and things like that. And so I transitioned and I started working in film and um, I started out, you know, my very first film that I worked on, my first day I was helping craft services, which is like the, tree, the, the drinks and snacks for the crew all day. And I would just carried like water bottles and stuff and handed them out in the sun all day. And uh, by the end of that shoot, I was working on the camera department as the second assistant cameraman, the guy who does like the, the slate, the clapperboard and, and things like that. But if, that launched me into, I worked on 13 feature films after that. Um, and just like wow. learned that. And I worked on tele two television series and I worked on lots of commercials. And so I, I, I combined all of these things that I had learned into uh, from these master storytellers with Oscar winners and Emmy winners and things like that. Sure. And I, I just started wondering like, I'm working really hard. Film work is hard. It's 12, 14, 16 hour days. Um, and you, you come home and you're tired and you're exhausted and, and all of these things. And um again, I wasn't making great money. Uh, and so I was just trying to figure out, I'm like, I'm working my butt off, but I'm kind of spinning my wheels. I'm not getting traction. I'm not making money. How do I, how do I transition to this? But I had no idea how to do it. Um, and so that is where this chance meeting with a friend, uh, an old friend. Came. Before we go there, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. I, I want, if, if you don't mind, I, I want to go back to that moment where the government said that you needed food stamps and Medicaid. What yeah. was that? I mean, tell so, us what that experience was like after yeah. everything else. So, you know, it was, it, it was 2015 um, when at the time here in America, there was a, a law in place that I, you had to have your health care in place by a certain time or else you were going to be fined and kind of thing. So I went through the proper channels of the exchange and everything to, to look at health insurance for my family, um, being self-employed and all that stuff. And going through the financial underwriting, the insurance exchanges said, um, you need to go and to this place and talk to them. So, and they were referred me to the state of Utah. So I went through with them and it was just one of those things where um, based on financial numbers and by the size of our family they just said you qualify for these benefits and so you can't get them on your own um and so you know we they're like we you can't afford it uh with what you're doing to go out and do it on your own so we're gonna take care of you like you're we don't think you're capable so come over here and we're gonna do it for you and then that that led into they said well you qualify for this you probably qualify for uh, this food stamps program. So we're going to run you through that too, just to see. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things like we didn't seek them out. It, it just was a thing that it was placed in our path. And they said, this is what you need to do. Uh, what was your feeling? I mean, uh, my listeners can't see you right now, but dude, you're six foot nine. Yeah. You're a, a, a all-star basketball player, financial mm -hmm. services, um, pretty proud guy, I, I assume. And so, yeah. I mean, share what, what that emotional feeling was. It was, it was really, it was a punch to the ego, you know, to, I, like you said, I played 
high level of basketball. I play, I was the, in the top 200 players in the country going into my senior year of high school. I played division one basketball. I started as a freshman and lettered as a freshman, which that doesn't happen very often. And then after that, I even played some semi-professional basketball here in Salt Lake city. And I had, I had attained levels of success in lots of different things. And it was just so frustrating for me, for somebody to tell me that I couldn't do it, that I wasn't good enough. Um, And as a husband, as a father who had been, you know, my wife up to that point had, had stayed home with the kids and, and things like that. Not because I wanted her to, but because we were able to, and she wanted to, and to, to have that, that told to me that you're not a sufficient enough provider for your family, that somebody else needs to come in and take care of you. It hurt. It really did. It made me feel so devalued and so much less of a person. And if anyone has ever gone through that experience, you know that like you are not a human to those people. You are a number on a spreadsheet. You are an account number um, that they look at. That's what they ask for when you have to call in and give them information or you have questions. They don't care. They, they They validate and check all of the numbers before they'll talk to you as a person. Yeah. And that was just so hard for me. Because and how long were you on that? We we were on on that for almost two years, I would say. Um until um it was 2017 that we, you know, got out of it. And so, you know, it's just one of those things to to be have that pride and, and, you know, pride can be a bad thing, but also to, to take pride in what you do to have somebody tell you that you weren't enough. Even when I was working so hard all day, every day to provide for my family, to have them say, you're not enough and you need us to take care of you or else, you know, what if something happened to one of your family members and they got hurt? Like you wouldn't be able to take care of them. So we're going to do it for you. You know, it was, it was just, uh, it was really hard uh, for me. And luckily, you know, our kids were young enough that they didn't really understand what was going on and they didn't see or, or know those kinds of things. Um, and, and so that made that a little bit easier, but like talking with my wife and saying, this is what they say we have to do mm. and feeling like we had no other options. You know, we, we did what, what we were told, <laughs> told to do. And um which went against everything that I've ever felt personally. I, I'm the type that, you know, there are rules and guidelines, but they're there to keep you safe. But if there are ways to accomplish, accomplish things outside of that, um, I'm all about finding those ways and doing them. So, so to have somebody say, yeah. So yeah. like to have somebody say, you are getting this and every quarter you are going to show us every single penny that you have made and you're going to do this. And then we're going to say, see if you, stay on or you're off. And we had to do that every quarter, you know, and having to prove, it was almost like we were having to prove that we weren't worth anything in order to stay on the programs. But luckily, you know, things, we moved in the right directions and we we got out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, to, and I know those programs are there to help people and and to, to address a need and things like that. However, I almost feel that it's it's detrimental because people can become so reliant upon it if they're not 
putting in the work and things like that. It's it's just a it's just a yeah. crazy thing that that so many people are affected by, and I know that they feel the frustrations of not being not feeling like they matter that they are just a number on a spreadsheet and if this number doesn't match with this one then you're off and we don't have to deal with you anymore yeah and even when they are dealing with you quote unquote <laughs> they're they're it's not a personal thing you know they don't yeah. care about the things that are going on in your life so. so 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 tell me one more thing when you when that ended did you like celebrate? I mean, what, 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 what happened when it was just like, Oh my God, this we're no longer doing this. Yeah. Well, it was, it was funny because the, the way it all happened, it was just kind of was like, we transitioned out and it was like, we were like, okay. And we, you know, just went, went on with things and we never really thought to, to fully do like a celebration, but it was, it was just such a relief. And it's funny because you'd think that having that quote unquote burden put back on your shoulders that it would wouldn't be something you'd be excited about, but man, I was that was like some of the best news ever to to know that you know we had been moving in the right direction and that we were free of it and yeah. free of that bondage uh, of of relying on somebody else. And we still had to rely on others for some other things like our uh, you know the the apartment and stuff that we were in. But um, you know, it's just one of those things that when you put in the work and you take the steps and you're making the the progress you know, even when you take on more responsibilities and throw more rocks in your pack kind of thing, if you need it, yeah, um, it makes you stronger when you get to the next, to the next level, when you unload some of those things and then you can go even faster yeah. and more strength. So yeah. it was, it was, it was a thing that it was hard to go through, but it was a great experience looking back on the, the strength and the things that I learned about myself. Yeah. and how we were able to become resourceful as yeah. a family as well. Yeah. Now, let, let, let's move up a little bit. I, I've heard your story when um, you were speaking with, with our friend Russell. And as, as I understand it, I think it was earlier this year, maybe January or February or something, you had posted something and you had not seen your friend for some time and he responded. Yeah. Can you tell a little bit about what happened right there and kind of what what you were experiencing? And I call it a shift. I don't know what you call it, but what happened? Tell us. Yeah. So this was in July of 2017 that this this is go this happened. So we were actually being audited by the state um, to see if we had received too much assistance oh. through the food stamps program and things like that. So we had to give them all of our tax returns and every, again, for two years and show all of these things. And it was just a pain in the butt, but they asked for it and we, we gave it to them because we, you know, we're like, you know, <laughs> we're not trying to scam the system or something like that. So we, we gave them what they needed. And I just, I, I was at my ropes end a little bit with it because again, it was something that we talked about. I was in this program really because I was told I had to be, and I was working to get us out. And then it was like, we're, they're asking us, they're, they're wondering if they're giving us too much. I was like, really, are you kidding me? And so I went to Facebook and I whined. I did a long post where I talked about everything that's going on and I complained. And I was looking for people to say, 
you know, like they're there. It's okay. You're doing good. We understand, you know, that kind of thing. And I did, I got a lot of comments and messages from people saying like, it's okay. Keep, keep working hard. You're doing, you're doing what you should, that kind of thing. But then I got a message from a friend that I had gone to elementary school, middle school, high school with, but we had fallen out of contact since after high school. And he sent me this message and it said like, Hey man, I know it's been a long time. Um, and I don't want to overstep my bounds here, but I, I understand that things are trials and, and you're struggling and trying to figure things out, but you're focusing on the wrong thing. And if you want, I can t show you what you can do to, to fix that. Um, you know, and like, again, I'm not expecting this or that, like, but if you want to just let me know and I'll, I'll help, I'll, I'd be glad to help you. And I read that and I was just, I got excited because I'm like, I am struggling. And this, this friend was somebody who I knew had a level of success that I had not attained. And I have always been coachable. That's why I succeeded in basketball. And when people have experience or expertise, I listen to them and implement and good things happen. That's how I progressed in basketball. So I said, yes, I would love to hear what you had to say. And did you know what he was doing? I mean, did you really know what he was doing? No. So this, this dear friend, his name is Russell Brunson, and he owns a company called ClickFunnels. And I, I knew he had a company and that it was successful. I had no idea what it was. And I remember even like Googling him, his name to just learn more about him. And like, I saw this click funnels, but I didn't understand what it was. I just, I'm like, Oh, he must be a software guy. You know, I, that's just kind of what I thought. Cause yeah. click funnels is a, a software tool that marketers use. And so, you know, I was just like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll take anything that you want to give me and see what I can do with it. And um, so he, he sent me, he told me uh, to go listen to his podcast and I had never really listened to podcasts up to that point. Um, and so I started and I, I got in and it just sounded so familiar and it spoke to me and it spoke my language about how to market and connect and, and, you know, build connections with people. And I was like, this is great. And then I got a copy. He's written a couple of books and I got a copy of both of his books, um, expert secrets and com secrets. And I started reading those. <clears throat> and I, again, it was just like, it was like speaking my own language. It was just so familiar and refreshing to me. Um, so he decided, um, he, he said, if you do a couple of these things, I'll do something for you. So I, one of them was to read and, and study and share with him what I'd learned. So I had done those things. And then he recorded a podcast episode specifically addressed to me, not by name, but saying like, um, if I were in your situation, this is what I would do. Yeah. And um, so I listened to that and it was just incredible. So um, it just introduced me to this whole new world. I was focusing so much on who I knew uh, and, and knowing how to do what I did, like my technical skills. Um, but I wasn't focusing on how to leverage and use those skills to be able to provide for my family and to earn money and to help other people make money with my skills. Yeah. And um, as I started to learn this and implement these things step by step, I started to get, like I mentioned, my first client, I have the check uh, I came across the other day of my first paying client of a $250 check for this video that I did for him. Mm. But like now I'm starting to get clients where you're adding a couple more zeros after that 200, you know, 250 and, and things like that. And it was just like so great. 
I was like, I'm starting to make money, but it still wasn't quite what I was hoping. But I was helping, I was able to help people with my skills. Like I'd taken all the things that I'd learned through film and the things I'd learned from these master storytellers. And I wanted to help entrepreneurs and businesses to find and tell their own stories so that they could build connections with their audience. Um, yeah. So that they become a loving raving fan base as, and they come back again and again because they love you and what you're all about. And of course they love the thing that you offer in this or the solution that you provide to them. So, and, so from, from that moment in July, you started looking at, at the click funnels stuff. You kept doing some, some marketing films there locally here and there, but still hadn't had full traction. Right. Yep. And then, if, if I remember, I want you to tell the story, but somehow he encouraged you to, to, to take a, I'll call it a leap of faith. You call it whatever you want, but <laughs> something happened like earlier this year and yep. you did something and yep. can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yes. So, you know, I, it was, it was fun with the things that I had learned from Russell Brunson and as I was implementing them, I was starting to see that it was, things were working, but it still wasn't to the level that I wanted. And it was funny, it was in uh, January, uh, Russell reached out to me uh, again and said, hey man, he has this event that he puts on every year called Funnel Hacking Live. And he said, I would love for you to come. And I didn't have the money to, to go to it. You know, I didn't, it was like a thousand dollars for the ticket for the event and and then traveling to Orlando from Utah, it was just like, oh man. So he offered generously to give me a ticket if I could find my way there. And so I talked with my wife and um, she's, I, I, I'm totally married out of my league and <laughs> totally lucky. I don't know what I did to, to fool her into liking me, but I'm glad that I did, that she does. But she supported me and I, I just said, honey, I feel like, again, it was, I talk about feeling familiar or feeling right. Like I, I, I believe that you know truth when you feel it in your heart. Right. And whether that's on a spiritual level or in your everyday life, when you follow your heart, you're going to be led to truth and do the things that you should. But I felt that I needed to go and we didn't have the money. So I put it on a credit card. I, I was irresponsible in some people's eyes and put, and went into debt to go to this, internet marketing conference you know if there's some people that were saying what are you doing dude why are you doing that (laughs) some some people you know didn't understand why i was going to this thing and why i was uh going to it was at walt in the disney world resort um so people like you're going to disney world without your family for a week i'm like i'm not going on any rides but you know some people just didn't understand why i would do this but i felt that i needed to go so i found my way i I I put things on credit cards and I got to Orlando and I remember the very first day, the very first speech, I was just floating. I felt so good. Like I had the chills, like it was just everything good that I could have left right there and it would have been worth every penny that I spent to get there. But that was just the first speech of the first day and it just got better and better and better and better and better. And I started meeting all these new people. I felt at home because like I said, I was, I'm not programmed to sit in a cubicle farm. And I've had so many people say, quote, be responsible and go back to school and finish your degree. And, you know, you have a wife and kids, get a real job, you know, all these kinds of things. 
but that wasn't for me. It never felt right. And I hated every moment when I was doing those things. I loved the people that I worked around, but I hated the work. And here I was around people who saw things like I did, who followed their hearts and wanted to create something to help people and were there to, you know, learn and to, to get to know each other. So it was great. And at the end of the conference, one of the last speeches, there was a, a coaching program that was proposed. And I, again, I felt that I needed to join it. Yeah. But the cost was something I had never invested that much money in myself for anything. <laughs> and, um, and, and we're talking about, you know, more than monthly rent uh, per month for coaching. You know, it was just something that I'd never done. I'd never paid that much for something. But did, and, did you feel um, maybe a little re rejected? Like, oh, God, I've done yeah. all this and now this and I can't yeah. do that. I mean. Exactly. So the, the presentation came and during the whole thing, I'm like, this is incredible. And this is the guidance that I need to really take my vision to the next level. And I got so excited. And then when I saw the price, it, it took the wind out of my sails. I, it, it was a punch to the gut. Hmm. And I, I, the rest of that night, you know, there were other, other things that were presented after that, but I don't remember much of it because I just felt so sick to my stomach. Yeah. I needed this so bad, but how in the world am I going to afford this? Did you ever think that maybe you'd go to your friend and he'd give you a break or something? That, that didn't, I, I had one person um, offer to sponsor me um, to pay half of my tuition if, if Russell would do, pick up the other half. Um, but I, I didn't feel comfortable with doing that. But like, yeah. it was one of those things like, so I went, I remember walking back to my hotel room that evening after it was finished. And I took the, this long walk. And I was texting with my wife telling her about this amazing program and how great it would be. And she was excited about it. And then when I, I purposely was like avoiding telling her how much it was going to cost. <laughs> Because I knew that she she's supportive, but she's or, you know she keeps me grounded in things too. Sure, you would be like that is a lot of money, you know. And that conversation eventually came up, and it was just uh, just a thing that I felt we both felt um, we couldn't couldn't afford it. So I went to bed that night. I, I went back to my room. I cried a little bit. I'll be honest. I got emotional about it because I just felt so strongly that I needed this. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what to do. And so I didn't sleep very well that night at all. Um, and just, I woke up in the morning and said, okay, I can't do this. I'm going to figure out something else, you know, and work my tail off and then get to the point where I can afford this if it opens up uh, at a later date for people to join again. Um, and then I walked into the room that, that morning into the, the, the hall where the presentations were happening. And immediately like my heart again was just like you need to do this mm -hmm. and everything that I had told myself on the walkover went out the window um, and I listened to my heart and I went and I signed up for the coaching program and uh, it was it was uh, something again once I did I felt so energized and felt that weight taken off of my shoulders now did you tell your wife before you did it that you did it <laughs> I did not you did not. No, I didn't. I, I, I didn't make that call. I didn't tell her about it. I didn't even tell her about it like until after I had got home because I was just so worried, like not that she was going to be mad, but like how I just kind of went against what we had discussed and, 
and things like that. And it was, it was, it was funny. Like my mentality was, okay, I've got, I've got this bill coming up in 30 days. I have 30 days to get home and get to work and take care of the, the expenses that I racked up to get to funnel hacking live and then to pay for my first, my next month's bill. And so I was like, if I can do that, then like the conversation with my wife will be much easier and, and things like that. So, you know, that's what I went home with that mentality. And I did, I went to work. And but was, you had a secret. What's that? You had a secret between <laughs> you and your wife. I did. And that was not a, it was like, it was, it was honestly like the, I would have never been more scared to share something with my wife. Yeah. Uh, throughout throughout at, up at that point it was 15 years of marriage right and that's and hard so, to keep those secrets like that yeah i can't and, imagine dude <laughs> yeah it was it was a challenge and i felt bad but at the same time i was like i am going to work and just like run as fast as i can and then you know i if i can't if i don't get it done you know, i'll cancel my membership and i'll own up to it and i will work really hard to pay you know get things taken yeah. care of um, go in with my tail between the legs and be in the doghouse for a little bit. If I want to, right. So I get home and um, I, I came up with a few different ideas to try and get some, get some revenue coming in that would cover the costs on a monthly basis. And I did some proposals for like a local chamber of commerce and then a couple other companies, but they just didn't go for it. And um, I was, I had met this lady um, who is now one of my best clients but like I had met this lady um, before going to Funnel Hacking Live and we had done some work before uh, on a trial basis. I got home and delivered the stuff and we went and uh, did some more things. And she was just like, I really like you and we, I feel comfortable. And it was just a really good fit. And so we started talking about her projects and what she wanted to do. And we were going to create some modules for a course that she has, some video modules. And when we were talking about budget, um, it came to, I was just saying for what we're doing, um, $25,000 is what it'll take to do this. And she was like, great, perfect. Let's do it. And oh, I wait, had never, wait, 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 how many days after you gotten home have that happened? This was less than two weeks after getting less home. Less than two weeks yeah. after you made this commitment, kept a secret from your wife about the money. <laughs> yeah. This woman came up. This is like, you know, God must be leading the way. I don't know, dude, but yeah pays you more money than what it costs to be in the program yeah Is that right yeah that's exactly right <sighs> and i had up to that point i had never had a five-figure deal you know like i think my most expensive one up to that point was like five thousand dollars on a project that i'd done for somebody else and to have that and she didn't even blink with no hesitation she was like yes let's do it and I remember like it took everything I could, everything I had to not do the running, jumping heel click, uh, going back to my car after talking with her. Yeah, dunk um, the basketball kind of thing. You know? yeah. Yeah. And so I, I get in my car and I drive down the road and I call my wife and tell her, guess what just happened? And she's like, no way. You know, she was super excited. And then my next call after that was to my friend, Russell to tell him what I had done. And he celebrated, he's like, it's the first of many, congratulations, you know. And it was because I took, I followed my heart um, it, on many instances that led me to this point. Yeah. But also I took massive action. It's one thing to go and get inspired. Like if you listen to this and you feel some something and you want to go take action, it's one thing to feel it. 
it's a completely other thing to do something about it and take action. Yeah. That's what I did. I, I had, I had a big, uh, I had a thing hanging over my head that I needed to get done so that I could get it off my chest. And I, I want to ask you, I want to interrupt you again is yeah, go for it. Um, when you called your wife with a new client or the $25,000 deal, did you tell her right then? About no, that? I didn't, did I didn't tell, tell her. her I read it. How did that go? I went to, when I got home, I, you know, this is when I explained um, the rest of the things going on and how I said, you know, remember how we were talking about that coaching program and, and stuff is like, I ended up joining it uh, because I just felt so strongly that I needed to. And um, I told her that I was you know, a little bit nervous uh, <laughs> for what her reaction would be. And that's why I had kind of put it off. But I was like, but now I have this and that takes care of that cost completely. And what was her reaction? And she was the angel that she is. She's like, great. That's awesome. You're like, I love this, that you're able to do it. Like she was just so excited that I was able to uh, do this, do this big, uh, my first big deal. Yeah. And, um, she, her support. She's like, if you feel that this is what you need to do and this is the path that you need to be on. And especially now that like the financial burden really was taken care of. Sure. Um, for it, then she was very supportive of me uh, going going forward, and <clears throat> like honestly, if you if you can surround yourself with a support system that will encourage you, that they 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 can be real and things and not let you get so pie in the sky with some of your ideas and bring you down to to earth a little bit. But if there's people you can build that trust with. Um, and show them your wins and share your wins with them. And that's the thing. They see your struggles because they're experiencing them. When you have the wins, you need to bring them in so that they can feel it too. Yeah. Um, and so as I was able to do that what, with this win and then with the, the coaching program expense, it was like, it was really no big deal because it was all taken care of yeah. because I had gone to work and take, got it done. So yeah. it was, it was just amazing. And, and since then, just the growth from this, uh, what was it? March, uh, March, April, like the things I've been able to do in my business um, has just like ramped up to a whole new level that I would not have been. Had yeah, I... Tell us a little bit about that. I, I know some things that, that are going on with you, but I don't know everything. And I've, I've seen a few things and I know some things are coming up that just are pretty mind blowing from, from where you were to, to what you've now been asked to do and, and participate in. And... Yeah. You know, yeah. So earlier we mentioned when when the little one came in, um, we are moving. Actually, this uh, this coming Saturday from when this is recorded. Congratulations! So, thank you. It's Tuesday now, so in like four days, five days, we're we are moving to a home of our own where we can spread out. And I have my own office. Like right now, I'm set up in my bedroom at a little table. You know, and, and all these things and. It's because of the work and the, the things that have come that we're now able to be out and we're self-reliant, so to speak, and, and have our, a place to call our own. I'm, I'm going to call you out on that for a minute. Yeah, go that's ahead. Self-reliant, so to speak. <laughs> well, you, you know. That's not so to speak, dude. It's self-reliant. Yeah, it is. That's yeah. one of those things like it's, it's just amazing to be able to transition from the last thing that we were needing somebody else's help with yeah 
you being completely on our own is so wonderful and like oh it's just an amazing feeling like and it's amazing how fast it happens because we had been looking at houses for a while for the last couple months but everyone that we'd look at before we could even schedule like when we'd call to schedule an appointment to look at it like they were gone and off the market it was just crazy and this one just happened we were the first ones to look at it and the first ones to get something in so we got it you know and just to go from broke because like even at the beginning of this year i really didn't have any real revenue in my business until after funnel hacking live so really from april until now in december to go from broke and having no money and having to put stuff on credit cards and uh, to make ends meet to now we are out and on our own completely is just amazing and i know that that our heavenly father has a plan and that his hand was important in, in that. Um, and also, you know, the faith that we and my family had to take the next step to keep moving forward and to not get scared when things got challenging to see the challenge and uh, take it head on. Um, it was so great for our family. So that was the, that was great. And then it was funny. It was last a week ago from Sunday that we saw the house so like, this is a really fast move, you know, everything just happened really quick. But last week I also got a message from the team at ClickFunnels uh, inviting me to be a round table host at the next, uh, this Funnel Hacking Live that's coming up in February. Again, I want to put my arms up, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so, it's so exciting, like to go from unknown like i went to the first funnel hacking live i knew one person who was there and that was russell brunson i knew i didn't know a single soul in that crowd of 3500 people or however many were were there and to go from again from march uh in less than a year from knowing absolutely zero people and not making any money to now being out on our own my business is growing and to a level that i'd never expected at the at the rate that it's going Eight or nine months later. Yeah, and nine months later. And now I get to be a presenter at this event where people see me as an expert and as an authority, and I can give value and expertise and insights to help other people. That does, it's just incredible how, how, how those things work when you, when you put in the work and you- Is your through. wife coming with you this time? She's, she's on the fence. She doesn't know if she wants to come to Funnel Hacking Live. I said, even if you don't go to the stuff, just come and you can go shopping or go to the spa or whatever. I'm, I'm still trying to get her to want to come. You can pay for the spa now too, so that's good. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so she, she's like a, she's a shy, introverted type. Like she comes out of her shell when she gets comfortable around people. But um, being in that kind of a setting, I know is not like her most favorite thing to do. But I'm trying to get her to come because I just want her to, to take part in it. She's going to come. Um, we're going to go on a cruise next month um, with, with some people that I met in the coaching program and, and yeah. all that stuff and take her on that. And that'll be her first, uh, yeah. you know, it's just great to be able to provide those things when we've struggled for so long to be like, Hey, it's your birthday during this time. We're going on a cruise to the Caribbean. Um, happy birthday. You yeah. know, it's so cool. <laughs> well, we, we, we've got about 10 minutes left and there's a couple more things I, I, I want to ask you. For sure. You've had this incredible experience of having everything, losing it all, being 
you know, um, supported by the, the government through the food stamps and, and all that. And now you're, you're coming back out of it and this incredible shift has happened. What would you tell somebody else that, that might be, you know, a little down and out and a little struggling position? What would you tell them or suggest to them that, that they might be able to do or some kind of motivation or inspiration for them? Yeah. So if you're sitting there listening to this and you are in that position, if you have uh, gone through the ringer, if you are struggling and just wondering what to do next, the, the thing that I can tell you that would be most important, aside from if you have a belief in a, a greater power or not, um, that would be number one. <clears throat> Put your trust in him. Um, but after that, believe in yourself. You are worth every penny to invest in yourself. You are worth every ounce of time and energy spent to improve your situation. If you feel something in your heart, if you don't feel fulfilled in what you're doing, if you feel that there's something more that you're missing out on or that you're longing for, I tell you that as you listen to your heart and you have the courage to follow it and go where it tells you and where it leads you, amazing things happen. Mm-hmm. Your brain is designed to keep you out of trouble, right? It's, it's a survival software. <laughs> and now that we're not being chased by woolly or by saber-toothed tigers and crazy wild animals and stuff, unless you're living in the outback or something, <laughs> you know, like it, it comes up with things and reasons for us to be afraid and to not take action. Do not let your mind talk your heart out of doing something. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the crazy. biggest... That, that's the biggest thing that I have learned um, in the last two years. And it's something that I've always tried to follow and live by. But as I have done that time and time again, I have seen the rewards that come and they aren't always a, a big check in the mail or landing a big client or, or something like that. If you feel like you need to t- send a text to somebody, send the text. Yeah. If you feel like you need to go to this place for whatever reason, go there. And you, you, again, you may not get that job interview or this new opportunity or fall into money or something, but your interactions with the people along the way to that place that you feel drawn to will change your life and it will change their lives. Yeah. I'll share one quick example of, of an experience that I had a couple of months ago. I do Facebook lives, you know, I try to do them, uh, a few times a week, if I try to do them almost every day. And before I do, especially when you're talking and sharing stories that much, you worry about getting repetitive sometimes. <clears throat> and so I always spend a couple of minutes asking myself uh, in, in reflection and, and prayer, um, what, do, what does my audience need to hear today? Yeah. And so I did that on this day because I didn't have something that stood out. And so I asked that question. And I felt uh, the need to share, share an experience. So I did. And um, the message basically was like, just take one more step, you know, j- just do one more rep, just go one more day. Um, and so I, I put it out there and it got the comments that it usually does and, and, and things like that. But then about a half an hour afterwards, excuse me, um, I got a message on Facebook from um, 
from this young lady who I used to live in the same neighborhood with years ago. Um, and we'd never interacted on social media, but she was telling me she was going through a divorce. She was pregnant with her first child and she was having health issues. She was always sick and, and things like that. And sometimes her family didn't, didn't believe that she was actually sick. She kind of thought maybe she was faking things or, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. And how it was so bad that she had contemplated taking her life and her hearing my message that day gave her the encouragement and the inspiration to just go one more day. Mm. And she really, and she was telling me like your, your message just helped me realize that before I know it, my baby will be here and everything, I won't be sick anymore and I'll have her and it'll be amazing. And, and all these things. <clears throat> now that's a really extreme example, but I listened first. I asked, and then I listened to what came back to me for what I should share. And it literally saved a life, right? Somebody who was contemplating taking it was now feeling better and things were going to be okay in their life because of the result of hearing my message. Now with you, if you are struggling and you're going through these challenges and it feels hopeless at times, because I've, I have been there. I remember a Christmas sitting there um, realizing that we had hardly any presents for our kids. And I cried um, just with that, with that pain. <clears throat> so I understand if you're in that position, but I promise you as you follow your heart and as you do the things that you feel and you believe that you are worth the investment to whatever it is, whether it's a coaching program or going to a seminar or reading a book or giving your two weeks notice and going and getting the job that you really want, whatever it might be, the, the reward is worth overcoming that fear. Yeah. And anything you can do to put yourself in that state of mind where you can believe and follow your heart and not let your mind talk your heart out of doing something, greatness always, always follows. Yeah. I, I love that, Nick, with what you just said. And I, I'm looking back on something that, that I saw that you wrote and wrote, where could you be if you believed your inner voice? Mm -hmm. And that was something that I, I think was a Facebook post that you wrote that on with, with some other stuff. But I just love that. And, you know, you know, when we do get down and out, and I've been down and out too, and, and homeless and, and everything else. And it's just like, you know, I had to come back to the idea that everything is going to be okay. And if I just took literally, physically took the next step, even though I could only walk 10 feet, if I took the next step, that was the next step. So and I hear you saying that too. And um, that's one of the things that I really like about your message and what you say and what you put out there, that if you listen to your heart and your inner voice, and move forward with that with some faith that things can change. And in your case, they've changed very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing that, that I like is that, um, you know, with, with your, it's friendlygiantfilms.com. It's like you really help other people and entrepreneurs with their mission and getting their voice out to help other people. And what a huge calling that's, been to take that step to move in that direction. Can you mention just, again, we got a couple of minutes left briefly yeah. about 
um, Friendly Giant Films and what you do? Yeah, so Friendly Giant Films is built solely on the purpose of helping you connect with your audience. Mm -hmm. People remember a powerful story, like sights, smells, emotions, who they, who they were with, and, and, and all of those things. And so what I, my goal when I work with entrepreneurs is to help their audience remember those things when they hear your story. Yeah. Because humanity is storytelling. That is how civilizations are built and destroyed. Legends are made by sharing stories. Yeah. And as you do that with your audience and they get to know a piece of you that connects and resonates with a piece of them, they will follow you everywhere you go. And if you can lead with that type of an approach to build relationships and connections as opposed to transactions and sales, you know, or, you know, numbers and, and transactions, the, the reward is great for both parties because there's a relationship. They have their solutions solved by what you offer and you get to help them solve them. And then they, re they give you money to help them ease their pain. And if you can build that relationship from the beginning, um, that is so much more powerful. And so that's what I do with businesses. And I use, you know, I've helped people just craft their messages, but I help them create like the visual videos and things like that um, using the skills and the network of people that I know to make those pretty pictures. And so that is Friendly Giant Films. It's all storytelling about creating emotional connections between businesses and wow. audiences. Yeah, I love that. It's like master storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I'm, I'm going to men mention my book again, Falling Down, Getting Up. Um, that was my story. And I believe we all have stories. And just like, like you, you heard you say stories, um, you know, build and destroy civilizations. And, you know, we used to sit around in circles telling stories and, um, you know, by sharing these stories and, and who we are from the heart in each other, we help each other. We help each other grow. We help each other expand and we help the world. And that's really important. And, and um, what I'm hearing from you, Nick, is that you're helping the world one film at a time. Yeah. One story at a time. It only takes one story to change the world. Yeah. Yep. So um, super. Again, our guest today has been Nick Fitzgerald. It's been really great. It's your shirt says you've done messed up. I think you need a new shirt that says <laughs> something like uh, uh, you've done falling up or something. I don't know. Some, something. I like that. Let's, uh, let's, let's make a shirt. I like that. That, idea. that sounds good. <laughs> All right. Again, Nick, it's great to be here. If you want to find out more, FriendlyGiantFilms.com. Check it out. And uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Spread this message to your friends and your family, anybody else you think that needs it. All right, talk to you later. Say goodbye, Nick. Okay. See ya. Okay. Thank you. Okay.